This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All Hit Radio! To the X Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back, everyone. This is the X Zone. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Mutual Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, X Zone Radio Network, and across Europe on Radio X. My email address, xzone at xzoneradiotv.com, on all social media sites, xzoneradiotv, and our radio website, www.xzoneradio.com. By the way, for all the listeners around the world, we have made Season 1, that's uh, the year 2015, Season 1 of the X-Zone TV show available to one and all with our compliments at www.xzonetv.com. My guest this hour, Exonation, is Maggie Florio, and Maggie is the director of the Rhode Island Paranormal Research Group. Uh, she's been the director since October 2013, and she's been a member of the group since 2003. Now, um, Rhode Island, beautiful place. It's known for yes, so many is. things, but how haunted, Maggie, is Rhode Island? For such a small place, it is very haunted. Um, Rhode Island uh, was settled... Uh, by the uh, by, Roger Williams in the 1600s. Mm-hmm. He was the first white settler, but of course we had indigenous tribes here, and um, it's it's extremely haunted. Um, what was it that prompted you to become a paranormal investigator, Maggie? Well, I had always had an interest in the paranormal since I was uh, a child. And um, I grew up in a house that had activity. I was also a big fan of a certain TV show um, that was a, it was a soap opera that had um, 
characters like witches mm-hmm. and werewolves and vampires. Can you guess what the name of the show was? Uh, no, I can't. Tell me. It's it's Dark Shadows. I was a big fan of the show Dark Shadows back in the day, and um, also I I you know, happen to have certain abilities. So those three things really um, nurtured my interest um, in what back then was called the supernatural. It wasn't the paranormal. It was either supernatural or the occult. Um, But, you know, growing up, you know, I experienced all kinds of different activities and um, all different um, apparitions Mm -hmm. and and stuff, and um, I kind of, you know, I was also interested in music, and I understand you're a musician as well. Yes, I am, yeah. Um, And so I I also had an interest in music, and my interest in music came to the forefront, so the, you know, the interest in the paranormal and stuff was always there, um, but it was kind of put on the back burner, and then going through life, you know, going to college and playing in bands and I was just very busy between rehearsals and performances and everything um, it kind of got put on the back burner um, and in 2000 December of 2002 um, my husband and I of course you know you, you get married and have children and you know life goes on well in 2002, uh, December, my husband and I went to a Christmas party at um, one of the mansions here in Rhode Island. And um, I experienced, you know, some very startling activity. And so um, when we got home from the party, and so did my husband um, along with me. He, he also, you know, saw stuff that, you know, that was going on there. And when we got home, I went on the computer, and I was very curious to see if this place had um, a reputation. So I Googled Paranormal group, Paranormal Groups Rhode Island, and it brought up the Rhode Island Paranormal Research Group website. Maggie, and you and I have to take a break. Please stand by, Exonation. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. 
Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, back everyone maggie florio is our guest this hour she's a paranormal investigator she's also the director of the rhode island paranormal research group and maggie um what has been the most interesting investigation that you and the the uh, paranormal research group that you're the director of have gone and done an investigation on and and what were your findings well um most of the investigations we do are in private homes and businesses. Um, however, we have investigated several historical properties that are open to the public. And the one that I think was the most interesting was um, the investigation of the Charles W. Morgan, which is the oldest remaining wooden whaling ship in the world. And it, uh, it was docked in, and I believe it's, it's docked, um, it's back in Mystic, Connecticut, at the Mystic Seaport. Um, I, from the very first visit, um, we experienced, um, you know, apparitions, and uh, we got EVP, and um, there were it was it was just a very active place. We found that that there were um, residual spirits there, mm-hmm. um, which is you know just like a like a um, you know video playing over and over, just kind of imprinted in the wood of the ship. Um, and we also had some intelligent spirits there that, you know, would respond to us and we, you know, caught some EVP of them responding to us. Um, but the claims were that, you know, it's open to the public tours and we had a couple people write to us, you know, Mm -hmm. send emails to us saying that, they had seen a man um, smoking a pipe um, in the blubber room, which was like, you know, um, the, like the second level, you know, below the main deck. And he was like, you know, sitting on a barrel, you know, working on a length of rope or a net or something. And these were two separate people from two different days, totally unrelated to one another. And... First, and they, at first they thought it was like a docent, you know, someone who volunteered there. But they didn't have anyone like that at the uh, seaport on board the ship. And second of all, they don't allow smoking on the ship. I mean, it's, you know, a wooden ship. Um, so uh, we were called in to investigate um, by the person that does, like, the, uh, the publicity for the seaport. And from the very first day that I went with the then director and founder of our group, Andy Laird, um, 
he was talking to the publicity um, person, mm-hmm. and I went all the way below deck to see where we could set up cameras, and I turned towards the bow of the ship, um, and I saw a man there, and he was telling other men where to put these barrels, stowing them in the ship, and the name McKenna just, like, popped into my head, and then the whole vision was gone. So, um, you know, and I went upstairs, and Andy was still talking to the publicity guy, and in the forecastle, I saw a man standing in the doorway, and he was motioning me Mm. to come inside the forecastle, and I'm like, well, what the heck, okay. So I went in there, and um, I asked him, you know, what is your name? And he, and he was dressed in like, you know, in like a seaman's garb. You know, he had on work pants and a work shirt. And um, he was kind of unkept looking. And he said, John Adams. And I just kind of laughed. I'm like, ha-ha, like the president, very funny. And he kind of, you know, got a little angry at me and just kind of disappeared. So I reported these sightings to Andy, and he had one of the researchers look it up, and they were, both of the the people were verified. They were, you know, they had records of all the people that were on the ship. They had all the ship records and everything, and they were able to verify that this man, McKenna, was indeed a supervisor of sorts. And, um, And then the other man, too, they were able to verify that he had been on board on um, a couple of the uh, of the voyages, so it was very interesting from the outset um, that we had these these spirits interacting with us, and it was, you know, probably sure. the most publicized of of the cases that we ever worked on. Isn't it rather strange that spirits? you know, actually interact with investigators to the extent that these spirits in, interacted with you? Um, I, I think because I'm sensitive to, to spirits, that mm-hmm. I have discernment of spirits, that, you know, I, I am able to interact, whereas not every, you know, I'm not saying I'm special or anything, but, mm-hmm. you know, I, I can pick up on them. Um but I, I think that, you know, they have, they had a message. They, I think they wanted us to know that they were there. And, I mean, they had appeared to tourists, you know, there were tourists that were seeing them. Um, one of the people that worked as a tour guide on the ship had a door slam on her. She had a tour group in one of the, one of the uh, rooms and the door slammed shut while they were in the room, and there was nobody else on board at the time. So it wasn't just the investigators that they were, they were interacting with the tourists and the tour guides and the people in the seaport, you know. Um, so it wasn't just us. Um, there's usually a reason why we're called in, and it's because the spirits are interacting with people. You know, so would you um, say would you say that you're also um, a spiritual medium? Yes, I would. And I and would. when did you when did would. you discover that that you were a medium? Um, when I was eight, I I saw my first spirit. Uh, 
when I was eight, and I also had um, uh, precognitive dreams, mm-hmm. um, stuff like that. I mean, I didn't really know what it was called, but, you know, I knew I had these abilities. Um, I, later on in life, you know, I found out what they were, but, um, but I, I, when I was a kid, I thought it was everybody had them. I, yeah thought it was normal. Would you yeah. say that, that throughout your life you have found these abilities to be an asset or at times a bit of a pain in the butt? <laughs> yes, I would. Um, some, I mean, when I'm on an investigation, mm-hmm. yeah, they come in handy. Um, even in my personal life, too. Um, you know, I can... I can pick things up that are helpful and, you know, I can, you know, ask spirits for help. Um, but sometimes it is a pain in the butt. Um, you know, yeah, sometimes it's, you know, it, you have to learn to kind of shut it off. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that's hard. You know, I, I remember being awoken at night by someone yelling in my ear, Hey! Just like that, you know, and, and after this happened a few times, I had to say, you know, listen, yeah. I need my rest. You can't be working, you know, waking me up in the middle of the night, you know, for no good reason. Because I would sit up in bed and say, what? And I would think there was something happening and it was just, there was nothing. And of course the adrenaline and, is going at this time and you just can't fall right back to sleep. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, you got to set limits and, sure. you know, it's, it's, you got to learn to work with it. You really do. What does your family think about the work that you do as a paranormal investigator? Um, well, my sister thinks it's a bunch of hooey. <laughs> um, yeah, she does. She is a total skeptic, a total, total skeptic. Um, because she's never experienced anything, Mm -hmm. um, which amazes me because the house we lived in was like spook central. Um, my father says he doesn't believe, but yet he'll turn around and tell me about experiences he's had. So, um, you know, (laughs) take that whatever way you want, Um, (laughs) you know. um, My husband, my husband is wonderful. He's also um, a medium. He did not grow up with the ability like I did. Mm -hmm. He he had open heart surgery five years ago. Oh, God bless him. And, oh, yeah, it was really rough. And I guess when they when they do the, the bypass, they, you're actually dead for a while. They take the heart like right out of you. And he had like a, a near death experience. He had a vision and everything. And when he came back, when he came back into his body after that, he was able to um, you know communicate with spirit. But he is more of a feeler. And I'm more of a seer. So, and and he ended up joining the our paranormal group, and um, and uh, so 
so now he's he's part of the team. You and I have to take our break with the news at the bottom of the... This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Florio is our special guest this hour. She's a paranormal investigator and a medium. She's also the director of the Rhode Island Paranormal Research Group. And uh, it's great having you with us, uh, Maggie. Thank you for taking time out of your day to be available for us this hour. Interesting lady. Thank you for having me on the show. Let me ask you, uh, are demons real or are they a... A figment of our imaginations. No, I believe they're real. Have you ever had to deal with one? Yes. Yes, I have. Um, Let me think. Well, the first time I had to deal with one was... um, We were on a case. And it was very early on in, um, you know, in my career as a paranormal investigator. And um, I was uh, with some other members of the group, and we were on the second floor of this place. And um, we had been up there for a while, and we had encountered the spirit of a little boy and um, he had been, you know, doing mischievous things like, you know, playing with our hair and mm-hmm. um, making noises and, you know, communicating with us, you know, using the, the, um, the, the meters and stuff, and we were getting cold spots and stuff. So, you know, after a while, I guess he got bored with us and went away. And um, we decided to go downstairs where the rest of the group was. And um, I was the last one to go down the stairs. And as I was at the top of the stairs, the little boy came up to me, and I had a very clear vision of him. And I asked him, what are you still doing here? Mm-hmm. You, you know, and, and I said, you know, you should, you should be going into the light and going to heaven. And he says, oh, you know, something like, you know, he was poor and he was a a servant and didn't deserve to go to heaven. And I said, oh, everyone deserves to go to heaven, and especially children. Jesus loves children. Well, no sooner did I get the the name of our Lord out of my mouth uh, when this, this, I don't know what it was. It was, I'm... I guess it was a demon, it wasn't human, mm-hmm. and it was just pure evil, and there were, I could just feel the hate 
coming mm-hmm. right off it. And as soon as this thing showed up, the little the spirit of the little boy took off. And I I just had to get away from this thing. So I went downstairs and I got to the bottom of the stairs and I felt so sick. I mean, sick to my stomach, sick, like nauseous and I mean, it was horrible. It really was horrible. And I ended up leaving the investigation and not telling anyone about it because, again, it was very early on and I wasn't really sure about what had just happened and I just wanted to get out of there. And um, and I wish I had told, um, the, you know, the director at the time, Andy, what had happened because they, they, you know, the rest of the crew stayed well into the night and um, they ended up having something thrown at them and, and um, Andy got, and Andy got hurt. Andy got hurt, not badly, but he got hurt. Um, And, you know, when he told me what happened, gee, I, I just felt so bad. And then I told him and Mm-hmm. Get yelled at, of course. You're not saying anything. It was, you know, it was a tough lesson to learn. But I really think that 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 was a demon, um, and yeah, they are real. And I have encountered some since. Um, I definitely, I definitely believe in them. What place does your religious beliefs play when you're doing an investigation? Is it, let me let me rephrase the question: Is one's own religious beliefs important when doing a paranormal investigation? I believe they are. I know a lot of investigators say, you know, you should be objective and um, you know not let your beliefs influence you. But how could you not? You know, they're a part of you. It, it's you know what you were brought up with in many cases it's you know it's actually my involvement in the paranormal has strengthened my religious beliefs Mm -hmm. because i believe that you know i'm a christian so i believe in life after death and i have seen evidence of it i i have you know captured voices Mm -hmm. i have captured images in my photographs, I mean, there's proof of it. So, you know, it's done, it, it's actually strengthened my beliefs. And, um, you know, the way I protect myself when I go to an investigation is through prayer. Um, and I, I realize not everyone does. I mean, I have friends who aren't Christian. Um, and I, and I, you know, I respect their beliefs, too. And I'm sure that their beliefs also influence what they do um, on an investigation. So I think it, it does play a big part. You, you can try and deny it, yeah. but, you know, it's, it's really hard to separate the two. Have you ever encountered a non-human entity that wasn't demonic? Tell me about that. I have. Um, and, and this is really, this was really unusual. Um, we had gone to a place called Purgatory Chasm, which is out in Massachusetts. I think it's in Sutton, Massachusetts. 
not too far from from the Rhode Island state line. And um, what it is is it's you know it's this big um, split in the earth where you know the glacial ice you know the glacial ice had come down and just you know made this big chasm and there's all kinds of rock formations and stuff. It's a park. You know, people go there. They have picnic areas and stuff, and um, they go climbing around in the in, in the in the split, and there's caves and stuff, and it's really cool. But I had heard that there was, you know, paranormal activity there, um, and so um, myself and my husband and another husband and wife team. Um, from the from the group, Don and Missy Paulin, we met up there, and you know we were walking around with our um, our meters and stuff, and we also have um, a, some dowsing rods that we use, and the way we use the dowsing rods is you know we just walk around with them, and you know mm-hmm. they pointed straight out, and then you know if there's energy they'll cross and sometimes we'll ask yes or no questions and you know we tell the spirits if they're if the answer is yes cross the rods if it's no just leave them and we had encountered this spirit so you know the the rods had crossed and so you know i stopped and started asking questions and there had been some suicides there there had been some accidental deaths so I'm asking questions, you know, did you commit suicide? Did you fall? You know, and, and, and all the answers were no. And then, you know, I was racking my brain trying to think, you know, what could this spirit be? And finally I said, are you from the earth? And the response was yes. And I said, oh, so you, you're a spirit of nature, so, and again, the rods crossed and, you know, in the affirmative. And so it was uh, what they call an elemental, an elemental spirit, a nature spirit, if you will. And um, that, that was, you know, from the earth, from the rocks. And it, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty weird, you know, that this, Spirit was able to communicate with me. Well, when you say from when you me. when you say from the rocks, are are you mean? Do you mean to say that rocks have spirits? Well, you know the earth, the elements. Um, I mean, they're they're the foundation of life. So why you know why shouldn't they have life? You know, they provide nourishment and they provide life for for um you know insects and and all kinds of living plants and all kinds of living things so yeah why why shouldn't they have like a like an energy to them that's intelligent and can communicate um yeah i know it sounds really far out but well yeah because i've um, never heard of rocks having spirits before well i I don't know if it was like from the from the rock, but it was from the earth, and they were oh, I like get it. lots okay, of right. rocks around. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, now I do. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It it was what what most people would call an elemental. How uh, how about other 
other types of of um, life forces that you know inhabit the earth like we've we've heard about fairies we've heard about elves we've heard about leprechauns mm-hmm. we've heard about mm-hmm. the wee people uh, mm-hmm. do you ever have you ever seen or have you ever heard of anyone having a sighting of a spirit of of those type of entities a spirit of that type of entity yes no i haven't but i'm sure it's happened mm-hmm. i mean you know i've i've heard of people that have seen like fairies and those kind of you know those kind of spirits they call them uh uh Divas, D, but it's spelled D E V A, not D I V A, not like you know, <laughs> not like an operatic diva, but a, 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 a nature spirit. Nature spirits are often called. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it. it might be Deva, but it's D E V A, and they're natural spirits like the Green Man and you know fairies and brownies and puckwudgies right. and stuff like that. You know, I know people have seen them, but Has I don't any... know if they've seen the spirits of those things. Do you think that the life force of a spirit only lasts a certain amount of time, or are the spirits here forever? Well, I believe, you know, again, it goes back to my religious mm-hmm. belief that life is eternal. Um, so... You know, and also, I mean, in science, they say matter cannot be destroyed. It just changes. So um, I don't know if they stay here. I think, you know, spirit can go wherever. Um, Or, you know, I know there's earthbound spirits that, you know, cannot move on. Sure. That need help, and that's what a lot of paranormal investigators do mm-hmm. is to help move these spirits on and help resolve um, things that keep them here. But, um, no, I, I don't think spirit ever dies. I really don't. The reason, I'm, at, the reason I'm asking you this question is because nobody has ever talked about seeing the ghost of a Neanderthal or a caveman or, or anything pre a certain time in our history. And if spirits never die, if the energy doesn't Mm -hmm. dissipate, how come the sightings of spirits are only going back 100, 200 years, 300 years, and not not longer than that? That's a good question. Maybe we're just not looking in the right places. Where would you have to look? I don't know. I mean... We've certainly seen evidence of them in cave paintings mm-hmm. and, you know, found, found their tools and exactly. uh, their bones mm-hmm. and their remains and stuff. So but we know they were real. They've, yeah, so maybe their spirits have just moved elsewhere, like where we can't see them. You know, maybe they've moved to a different dimension. But that doesn't make maybe sense. they're not... That doesn't what do you make, mean? Well, because what we're Maybe doing is they, what we're doing is we're looking for an excuse why a certain part of history isn't following the same rules of, of physics that we apply to the current 
let's say, 300-year ghosts that people keep on seeing and talking about. Right, right. That's why it doesn't make sense. Like, you know, I've had people on the show who've said they've seen ghosts of horses, dogs, cats. Mm -hmm. But I've never had anybody come on the show and tell me that they've seen a ghost of a of a dinosaur or of a uh, of a chimpanzee or there's no there doesn't seem to be any consistency in the sightings hmm. I just find that rather that strange true. yeah and why wouldn't they you know exactly we, yeah why wouldn't they um, but maybe they Maybe they just go someplace else. It, I don't know. But you see, if they went somewhere else, so would these ghosts. They wouldn't need to be aimed towards the light or be told it's all right to proceed. You don't have to stay around here anymore. It would be innate in each and every one of us that this is what we do when we leave. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, Maggie Florio is our guest. And uh, Maggie, what is a spirit rescue and how is it used during a paranormal investigation? Spirit rescue is um, a process by which a spirit is moved into the light or to the other side or however you want to say it. They're they're moved on. Um, And... You know, this is done many ways. Some people do it through prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, some people do it um, through, like, visualiz- uh, visualization, intent, faith, using love. Um, 
you know, some people use candles when they do it, crystals, some people burn incense, but it's just a process of, you know, moving spirit into the light so they can go where they need to go so that they're no longer uh, stuck in a place or earthbound, as, as we say. And um, a lot of uh, paranormal groups will bring in a medium to do this or someone that does what they call cleansing, you know, cleansing a house or clearing energy. Um, it's just moving the spirits on. And um, I believe that, you know, if there is a spirit that is troublesome and, um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the homeowner or, or, the, or the property owner um, wants that spirit moved on, you know, they can't seem to live in harmony, or if the spirit itself indicates that it wants to move on, then uh, a spirit rescue should be done. Interesting. So. Yeah, and um, how does your group differ from other paranormal groups? Well, a lot of paranormal groups rely, um, you know, strictly on the instrumentation um, you know, the, the different uh, equipment that they use to um, do an investigation. Um, and they often will bring in, you know, like I mentioned, a medium or a psychic or something. Um, if, they, if they need to gather additional information that, that is, you know, mm-hmm. um, only attainable, you know, using um, those kind of abilities... Whereas our group, we actually have several mediums, and ever since I've been a member of this group, we've, we've always had people that had abilities to communicate with the other side. So we um, include them in our group. They're actual members. They're trained as investigators. You know, they're trained on all the equipment and everything. They're trained to do research um, and but they, they also are encouraged to use whatever abilities they have to gather information. So um, that in that way, we differ from other groups. Maggie, I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight. It's been a great pleasure talking to you, uh, to you and the other members of the Rhode Island Paranormal Research Group. Keep the great work up, and I look forward to talking to you again in the future. Thank you. Good night now, Maggie. Good night. Exonation, my guest this hour has been Maggie Florio. The group is the Rhode Island Paranormal Research Group. Their website is triprg.com and on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash triprg. I'll be back on the other side of this news break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Exonation, I love getting your emails, but I must say there are 